Welcome to Pathway Shift, everyone. As we are uh, starting on a, on a new uh, 40-day journey, as we are uh, seeking out the heart and mind of Christ and what His vision is for our life. And we're calling it Shift this year, um, really because if you think about it, if you think about a, a, a car, you can... You can have a nice car, you can, you can have a, a Porsche, I think that's a 911, and, and uh, you can put gas in it, and you can shine it all up, and all these kind of things, and you can sit in it and play the radio, but until you actually put that thing into gear, it's really not going to do you much good. But the reality is, when you're, when you're learning to drive a stick shift, uh, it, it's not as easy. Uh, as, as you may think, you know, that there's, there's, a, there's an art to it, there's a, there's a science to it, and as you're trying to get the car into motion, sometimes you'll stall out, sometimes you'll pop the clutch, sometimes uh, you'll just really rev the engine and, and you'll miss shift or grind the gears, and it can be just a, a really nerve-wracking experience and and sometimes people just totally give up and they're like I just can't drive a stick shift and you know that's you know why they invented automatics and uh, so uh, you can just kind of turn on your car and go now we're using this the shifting as a, as a metaphor for life and uh, unfortunately there's no automatics when it comes to life there just isn't. I mean, there, nobody's invented it yet. There, there's just, you, you have to actually learn to do it. Yeah, you have to be able to learn to press in the clutch and, and to put your life into first gear and then second gear. And, and you know what? There's times that you're going to get frustrated. There's times that you're going to pop the clutch. There's sometimes when you're going to grind the gears. But, but this is the only life that we have in order to do it well to to live out this rich and abundant life that that Christ spoke about there there's some things that we just have to learn to put into practice now we're going to be real tempted in in this series to to say oh i know that I, I know that, I, I've heard that before. Well, this is a series of wisdom. And that is the hope for all of us, is, is that we become wise. And what wisdom is, is actually putting our, our knowledge into practice. You know, it's interesting as uh, the, this morning we were just running through some of the technical aspects and, and we were actually showing that video and that video came on and all these like middle schoolers and elementary students, you know, who are part of the people, you know, who are connected with the people, parents who are serving here came in and started watching the video. Like, and I was like thinking, oh wow, they're going to like you know, think they know how to do it and like go out and steal like one of our cars and, and, uh, and unfortunately they won't get that far. Why? Because there's a big difference of, of the knowledge of whatever the nine steps are versus actually practicing and putting it into practice and being able to move forward. Now, this series has actually been born out of, of great failure in my life and uh, of, 
of kind of just trying different things and not being able to to really what I feel uh, live out the the abundant life, the the rich and fulfilling life uh, that that God intended us to live. And as a as a pastor. I've, I've focused on, on different things uh, during my life, and I, I've also noticed in the church that, that many times that people, they just, they're not, they're not truly experiencing what I believe God has envisioned them for. And, 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 and it, a process that I, I started very young is like just seeking out, you know, health and, and, and a rich, abundant life in, in, this, in this life. And I, I have been desperately seeking, and I finally really feel that, that one day I, I came across uh, some scripture that we're going to be talking about that was kind of like one of those aha moments, but it was something that I already always knew, but, but finally it just became clear. But before we jump into all that, this is what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to turn to somebody, preferably someone you do not know, make sure you know their name, and ask them this question. What is your definition of health? Go for it. All right, come on back. Come on back. So, you know, if we were going to just uh, throw out the, the, the Sunday school answer, the, the knowledge uh, answer, I think that many of us, if just coming straight to mind, like when we hear the word health, we, we think of or, or we imagine or see in our minds certain things. For a lot of us, the first thing is physical health and just somebody, you know, who's all thin and running a couple feet above the sand. Uh, That's real healthy there. And, and, uh, you know, we think, okay, well, that's health. Or maybe some of us think of somebody like Mother Teresa just really giving her life to to the under-resourced and, and the oppressed, uh, and maybe she's the picture of health, or maybe, maybe emotional health. Maybe we thought Stuart Smalling and just said, you know what, I'm good enough, and I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me, and I'm emotionally healthy. Maybe that's what came to mind. Or maybe, you know, someone who's just, you know, so smart, they got 
initials in front of their name, after their name, in the middle of their name, on top, below. I mean, they, they have so many degrees. They know everything. And maybe they're healthy because they have so much knowledge. Or maybe it's this guy. You know, just, just somebody who's like spiritually healthy and they got their thing and the other thing and the, the other thing and then they got it all going on. And uh, maybe that is the picture of health. And I think that the truth is that, that many of us, we, we focus on different things and usually that focus comes in a crisis part of our life. It can look like, you know, we, we uh, uh, you know, just try to put on some clothes and, 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 and they're so tight and, or maybe we can't even, we're just like, oh my gosh, I need to make a change. So you like start focusing on, hey, I gotta, I gotta eat right and, and, or eat less and I gotta go out and exercise and doing all this kind of stuff. Or maybe you're sitting down and you're playing like Trivial Pursuit or watching Jeopardy with some people and you don't know any of the answers and things like that. Or, and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I need to, I need to learn some stuff. I need to get some, you know, other things uh, going on in my life. Or maybe you end up, you know, you wake up some morning and, and just uh, in a weird house and maybe by someone you don't know or, or you just, you know, people are, you know, you wake up with, you know, your friends and, and they're all making jokes about the night before and, and you're just like, I can't believe I even did that. And maybe you do a soul search and say, you know, what are the things in my life that, that are making me go sideways like that? And we, we start focusing on, on different things. And, and we, we become obsessed with them. Maybe sometimes we think, you know what, this comes naturally to me or, or this is so important to me that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus so much on this with the hope that, that everything else will fall into place. I used to be like that in my, in my younger 20s, my lower 20s, where I, I thought being physically fit was the, the beginning and the end, that, that if I externally looked good, that, that I was good. And I pursued that so much to, to the expense of, of my, my mind and my soul just rotted and, and became, went to a very unhealthy place. And once I hit that unhealthy place, I, I uh, came to faith in, in Jesus. And then I thought, oh, okay, I need to, I need to get involved in, in I got to go to church every Sunday and I need to be in Sunday school and I need to do this. And, and I got all wrapped up in, in this kind of uh, what you would call maybe a, a, a external manifestation of, of spirituality. And I thought, oh, that, that is what it means to have a relationship with Christ. And I think many of us, we, we, we get in, our, in our, our, our metaphorical life, our metaphorical car, and, and we, we start it up and we you know, get revved up and we put it in the gear and, and, or we try to get it in the gear and we'll pop the clutch and we'll stall out. Or maybe we'll start going a little ways and say, well, it's, it's, it's okay. 
and maybe we get into first gear or second gear and some of us do life a little bit better than others and maybe we get some different components of, of health and going on and, and we think, all right, I'm just going to settle for this and, and just, I'm just going to try to just get through life. I'm just going to try to get to my destination. But I wholeheartedly believe that that is not the life that God has envisioned for us just to get through. I'm reminded how Paul talks about when he says, look, if you've seen anything in me, if you've heard me say, if you've seen me doing anything, put these things into practice. I think that's such a high level, high bar kind of ideal of what a follower of Christ should look like. Someone, when somebody looks at them, they say, you know what, that's somebody who is healthy. That's somebody who's worshiping God. That's someone who is a follower of Christ. And and it's hard for us to kind of conceptualize what that looks like. And it was really difficult if you were uh, um, an Israelite Thousands of years ago, they had this thing called the, the Law of Moses. And you know, there were 613 laws. 613 laws. These were laws that you got to do and do not do. How to wash your hands, you know, how to, how to you know, buy meat, what, what time you could eat meat, all, all these kind of things. It, it regulated every aspect of life, and it was this kind of overwhelming thing trying to focus on all, of the, all these different aspects of life. And then around 2,000 years ago, Jesus was walking the earth, and there was an encounter with some religious rulers of the day And they flat out asked Jesus, hey, out of these 613 laws, what is the most important? And this is what Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, uh, starting in verse 29. He said this, he said, the most important, important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. Verse 30, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. What essentially Jesus is saying is, look, There's these 613 things that we should all be doing, but here's the reality. Here's the five most important things that if you focus on these, if you focus on these and bringing balance and making sure that they are all present in a healthy place in your life, that that is the most important thing to do. And everything stems from that. What are those things? Those things are loving God with all your heart, all your emotional being, loving God with all your soul, everything that you are. Loving God with all your mind, all your understanding, all your learning. Loving God with all your strength, everything that, all your physical being. 
And loving, the thing that blows me away, equally as important. Equal to loving God is equally as loving your neighbor as yourself. That these five things have to be present. And I've really racked my brain on how to make that real to us. And I was thinking about it and I came across the, the idea of the five senses. You know, we, we all have heard of the five senses. You know, the, the sight, smell, taste, hearing, and touch, right? So, okay, we have these five things. And, you know, we have names for things that, that, that if somebody can't do something, like if somebody cannot see, they are, yeah. If they cannot hear, they can't smell. I didn't know either, I. Eh? I had the benefit of looking it up. Uh, Anosmia. Yeah, I don't know. What do you call someone who cannot pronounce uh, words? Uh, Mark. Yeah. Uh, How about taste? What if you can't taste? Yeah. Agnesia. Agnesia. Don't don't pronounce it the way I do because people will laugh at you, but look it up if you're going to actually drop that word of the day uh or what if you can't touch this is actually can't can't feel pain if there was a house episode about it culturally yeah no nothing Con- what was that yeah that's not what i got it could be right but according to wikipedia it's uh <laughs> congenital analgesia yeah. Oh, yeah, you had that one. <laughs> well, I got a confirmation over there. So, well, we have names, even though some of us, we don't know the names or can't pronounce the names. We have names of, of what happens when, when we can't, one of these five senses are, are, are not properly functioning. And, what, and what's the reality? If, if one of these senses or multiple of these senses aren't functioning properly, you're not experiencing life in its entirety. I mean, it's, it's fair to say, it does, doesn't mean somebody's bad or, or ha- cannot have a quality life, but God intended, if we didn't live in a broken, messy world, that a whole person physically can see, they can smell, they can hear, they can taste, and they can touch. That would be a healthy, physical person who, who has all their senses. Well, I believe, according to Jesus, and he says, look, a healthy person who's going to have a rich and abundant life are going to have five things that are manifested in their life. That they are going to love God with all of their heart, everything their emotional being, how they how they interact with with people in their relationships, how they deal with conflict, how they how they think and what they put in their minds and is going to honor, bring honor to God. That their their soul, their eternal being is is going to be kept pure and holy and set aside for God. That 
their strength, that they're going to pay attention to their body, which is a temple. It's not my words. This is God's words. And also, and what always blows me away, and this is the hardest one. Last week, this is what I wrote down. Loving others as myself. (laughs) I don't know many people who do that. But that needs to be manifested in our lives. Now, I want to jump around a little bit here in some Old Testament and New Testament. And I want you to understand that these five things that Jesus said are really quite interesting. I want to first finish this passage in in Mark chapter 12. When the religious religious leader heard what Jesus said, Then he said this, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to, and I want, listen to exactly what he says. I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding, there's two of them, all my strength, there's three of them, and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. He got four. What did he miss? He missed the soul. He missed the soul. Now, the interesting thing is that Jesus went on to say, realizing how much the man understood Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You know what I've always read that as? He got it. He he fully understood and, and he was right there. And now he was a follower of Jesus. But we don't hear any mention of him again. We don't know who this religious person was. But the other thing that if you really look at what Jesus says, he says, realizing how much the man understood, not that he fully understood, but how much he understood. And he says, then you are not far from the kingdom of God. He's not saying you are experiencing now the rich and abundant life that I have spoken about. That he's saying, you are close. And I want to commend you for how close you are, but you are not there yet. Now, I find it very interesting what Jesus is doing here out of the commandments. Remember, there's 613 commandments. So obviously, Jesus is telling two of the most important commandments that he feels that are in the Bible. So he's not making these up. He, these are, are two of the 613. He takes one from Deuteronomy, and he takes the other one from Leviticus. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, this is what's written. Listen, O Israel. This is the first one. Love, love, excuse me, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. That's what Jesus said. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. That's what he said. What's he, what in Deuteronomy, mind is not there. In fact, if you look through all the, the Deuteronomy and Levitical law, Jesus added that. There's something important 
that's happening here that, that Jesus is bringing us a fuller picture of, of what it means to holistically love God in, with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then out of Leviticus, he says this. says, only quotes half of verse 18. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. All of a sudden, you have this idea, this, this full understanding of what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Christ, that these things need, need to be readily evident in your life. And this is how important it is in, in Deuteronomy. Continuing on in verse 6. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That we are instructed here that this is a high-level priority, the, the, the love of God. And, and it's something that, you know what, if we don't readily put it, in front of our, put it in front of ourselves, that we will forget. That we will stop doing, that life will invade, and, and we will be derailed. In Scripture, there's something that, that's talked about a lot. It's called training. We hear things like train up your children or train your, your, your spirit or your mind or train yourself to be a follower of Christ like an athlete trains. We, we hate kind of that, that idea, that, 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 that word training. And, and very often we don't bring it into the church because it's just, it's not really something that we want to do. But you know what? The reality is if we don't train, if we don't do it, if we're not intentional about it, it will not happen naturally. We will gravitate toward things that we're good at and forget about the other things. We'll gravitate toward the things that we get instant gratification doing and to the neglect of the other things. And each of you were, were given a uh, pathway shift devotional when you walked in. And over the next 42 days, again, I, I, my, my hope and prayer is we become wise. That we take our knowledge and we put it into practice. And everything that we're going to be doing over the next six weeks is designed to put the five things that Christ talked about, saying that these are the most important things that a follower of Christ does, that we are going to put those into practice. We are going to train ourselves and encourage one another to live these things out. The first thing that I'm going to ask you guys to do, and many of you committed to last week by writing on the road here, is that, hey, you know what? I'm going to make it a priority to be here on Sundays, to, to, learn, to learn together, to love together, to serve together. For the next six weeks, I'm going to, going to be here. 
The other thing is getting involved in a, in a growth group. Uh, and we're all as a church going to be going through the same curriculum that, that is coming out of the Sunday teachings and, and where we can have a little more intimate setting and we can challenge one another. The other thing is we have a daily devotional written by our community for our community. And each one of these devotionals will reinforce and bring different life stories and, and things into our life. There's a daily uh, journal with each one that you can learn about and, and uh, you can reflect on what you were learning. What I'd like you to do, though, in your, in your book is um, turn, the, turn from that first page of gibberish. That's what I wrote. Uh, you should read that, even though it didn't make an official day. And uh, turn to the next day, and you'll see this training log. Oh, training log. Yeah, training log. And I want you to, to, for the next, it's actually 42 days. We say 40 days to, to deceive you, to think it's shorter than it actually is. But it, in reality, it's 42 days uh, that we're going to ask you to write down things that you're doing. Uh, the first thing that we want you to do each, each morning, hopefully, is do a spiritual triathlon. You know I couldn't do a series without bringing in a triathlon, and I figured we couldn't all go out and, you know, swim, bike, and run, so we're going to each do a spiritual triathlon. This is what it looks like. Each morning, I'd like you to open up your Bible, and for five minutes, just five minutes. Some of us are, are past this, but this is, this is a starting point. First gear, read your Bible for five minutes. I, I personally would maybe start in John if you're new to reading the Bible. Read it for five minutes. The next thing is prayer. Just meditate on what you have read or, or talk to God for the next five minutes. Now, here's the reality on prayer. Those of us who are not used to praying, or even those of us who do pray, You'll sit down, and you'll say, all right, what's that noise? Or what are the kids doing? Or, oh, I got to do this or that. You go, wait a second. And then you just, you give up because you're like, whatever, it's, this, is, this is pointless. You know what? This is a, a lost discipline that in our culture of just being quiet. So I'm going to challenge you. You know what? It doesn't matter if you get distracted 500 times in that five minutes. Just say, you know what? For five minutes, each time I'm going to get distracted, I'll say to myself, self, okay, I understand I got to do that. But for the next five minutes, I'm, I'm, I'm just concentrating and meditating on God. I'm asking him. I'm telling him. I'm praising him. I'm, I'm doing those things. And each time, just come back. And then after that, journal. Now, there's a, for some of you, the journal will be in here, and, and that's okay. Uh, I'd like to challenge some of you to actually go out and purchase a journal uh, similar maybe to like just one that I use, and, and just spend a few minutes just as a, each day, date it, and just kind of write where you are spiritually, what's going on in your life, and those kind of things. The next thing is meals. Write down what you eat. Yeah, I know. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Yeah. Write down what you eat. This happens to me 
all the time. I'm going to be doing this. This is something that I've intended on doing, but I haven't done yet, and I am going to do because, one, knowledge-wise, I know I'm meant to do it. I know it's a good thing to do. I just haven't had the wisdom to do it. And this is what happens with me personally. I forget what I eat. Like, I'll seriously, I'll, I'll have I, every, you know, most mornings I have, I have oatmeal. And like toward the end of the day, I'll like come home and I'll like be so hungry and I'll start eating stuff. And like Shannon will say, hey, you know, we're going to have dinner soon or something. I'm like, oh, I haven't, I haven't eaten since breakfast. And, and if somebody's been with me that day who happens to be there and they'll like, oh, what about like the home wrecker you ate for lunch or something <laughs> like that? I'm like, well, the, yeah, I mean, besides the home wrecker, I haven't had anything to eat today and things like that. We just forget. And I think that we will be amazed uh, and it'll help us make better decisions about our temple, our, our, our body, uh, if we start writing down, hey, this is what is going in. Cardio, get moving. And you know what? This, this is the challenge. 150 minutes a week. That's 25 minutes a day, six times a week. Go for a walk. Maybe that's your start. Just go out and walk for 25 minutes a day. And then finally, start reading a book. I, I really don't even care what book you read, but start reading something. I would say, you know what? Here's a suggestion. If you're interested in something, if you want to know how to grow popcorn, then go get a book on it and, and, and learn about it or, or something like that. And, and, you know, something that you're interested in, something that you want to stretch and grow yourself. And you know what you're going to find when you start reading is that there's so much truth, God truth, in, in so many different books, when you start reading them and, and you, you have a fuller picture and you start connecting Scripture with real life kind of stuff, and you say, oh my gosh, look at how all this works together, or, and, and it starts to stretch you. So get a book and start reading. Now you may be sitting there and you're saying, well, how can I get all of this done in, in one day? I'm busy. Well, you got to learn how to cheat. And it's not really cheating, but, it, but it's a tip. This is something that you can do. Say, okay, I'm going to go for a walk for 25 minutes. You know what? This is, this is stuff that, that, that people do. You know what? Download the Bible on your, onto your iPod. And while you're walking, you know what? For the, for the first 10, 15 minutes, listen to the Bible. And then turn it off. And then for the next 10 minutes, say, Talk to God. Thank Him for the, the, what you see as you're walking around. Give Him your requests. Bring your requests to God. And then when you get home, write about it. Write about your experience. I don't know what it looks like for you, but you can become creative. It doesn't have to be separate things. Remember, this is becoming, having an integrated, sustainable life that brings glory and honor to God. So these are some of the things that, that we are, are going to be doing. And realistically, it sounds like a lot. But if we're smart about it, 
and we look at how we can integrate these things and we start putting in sustainable patterns into our life, that soon we will be able to stand up and sit, like Paul did and said, look, if you see anything in me, if you've heard me say anything, if you see me do anything, put these things into practice. Because ultimately, we are meant to be ambassadors of Christ to live appealing lives. And how can we do that if we're not even following through on what God said was the most important things in life? So over the next six weeks, we are going to be focusing on becoming holistically healthy to an integrated lifestyle of worship that we can bring forward into the future. You guys pray with me? Dear God, I just uh, pray for wisdom. I pray that we as a church can encourage one another to live out the things that we already know. To put into practice what you have called us, the life you have called us to. God, I know that Many of us, when we start talking about growth, it just brings up past failures. And God, I pray against those things. God, I just pray that you give us a spirit that says, you know what? We can do these things. We will encourage one another to live these things out. And that we will grow in this direction. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you.